Resilience is a word that gets plenty of coverage in this day and age. It's something which is projected as an ideal or essential outcome for people. They need to be more resilient. I work in education and we're often getting things pushed upon us by people who are supposedly experts on the student experience that students need to be more resilient they need to find something within themselves to bounce back from setbacks and adversity and that is a laudable aim absolutely we certainly need that in our lives whether that is in learning whether that's in work or in sport but simply saying that someone or groups of people need to be resilient doesn't give them the tools to do that and in fact it can work to make them feel perhaps inadequate in that they know they need to be more resilient and able to come back from problems and uh, setbacks that they've had but then don't know how to do it and if it's presented as something that we need to do but we don't get told how to do it it might appear to be something so obvious and if that person doesn't know that they feel even worse. So the purpose of the podcast now is to go through some ideas around resilience, a little bit of personal experience, a little bit from sport, as well as then some practical ideas about how resilience can actually be trained, just like any other area of of mental fitness. I think a lot of the time when there is discussions in mental health about aiming for better mental health rather than just the focus on helping people who have uh, problems whether they're diagnosed or just a, a bad period of time if we do actually look at the positive mental health then it is all around trying to get people to feel good be able to perform better if it's in sport and that is something which shows us an appreciation of the full continuum of of mental health But I think resilience is the feature which is in the middle. It's something which will be used to respond to something that isn't ideal. So something that isn't around your peak performance. But also the use of resilience will will be there to help you not have a setback push you even further to perhaps into an area where it really affects your mental health so resilience for me is that part of mental health which is that hinge between where things go wrong but then when then when things can quickly hopefully snap back to to going well Uh, and we're used to this idea within physical fitness uh, the idea of dealing with challenges the training that people do in the gym resistance training what have you is there to give you the experience to to fall back on when rugby players are working on their strength training it's so that when they encounter a situation where they need that in the in the game itself they're able to respond to it same in cricket football wherever else you like so in terms of that the challenge is mentally in 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 in, in cricket it could also be to look at saying what we, we work on outside of the physical side, if we're doing things to train ourselves mentally, they're more about keeping ourselves focused, staying engaged even when things aren't going too well. And this would be where the word resilience does end up coming up in conversation. And like I said at the very beginning, this is an outcome that is often mentioned but the process of it is frequently ignored. It is presented as something that people need to be when 
being told you need to be something without any direction is a pretty poor tool for development. Now, the key from what I've read over the the years about resilience and um, and picked up from people in all different walks of life is the the key aspect to train in this regard is something really simple to say but perhaps a lot more difficult to actually go out and do and that is to voluntarily seek out challenges to take yourself willingly outside of a comfort zone and place yourself in an area which is uncomfortable and is challenging and may feel really horrible at some points why why would we do this to train resilience well because that is giving you the opportunity to be able to feel problems to be able to experience difficulties and then through working on them prove to yourself that you you can actually come out of the other side and you can find strength or you can succeed in a particular task this is down to an appreciation that at the root of all of our lives there is a lot of challenge and a lot of things that are very tough in fact a lot of psychologists or philosophers would say that life is struggle life is is hardship and it's how we deal with that which is the most important we're never going to remove the difficulties that exist in life there's times where you will spend your your waking moments trying to avoid some of the realities that will exist i'm at a stage in my life in my uh, early to mid 30s where my Parents are getting towards a stage in their life where they've retired and it's natural for them to be thinking of of themselves in a a new period of their life with work having gone and now the time to to get the rewards of rest from from all those hard years of work. But the, the inescapable fact is that within however many years or hopefully decades, they'll no longer be with me in my life and that to confront is difficult and it's sad and it's the day a day that you don't want to happen but it it will and there will be difficulties between that after that and, and whenever they just simply can't be avoided accepting that is not to say that life is bleak and life is worthless because everything seems to culminate in in sadness but rather to say that if these things are going to happen, what are we going to do in the times where things are altogether more fortunate? And that's, I think, where the idea of building resilience and, and voluntarily taking on challenges to help you accept the the problems in life and then that work around that can help protect you when these things do happen. Having given yourself the opportunity voluntarily to engage with problems and setbacks and all those emotions that exist within that gives you some work towards being able to deal with more profound problems when they come along rather than having had no experience whatsoever, hiding yourself from realities, avoiding difficult situations. Then when the ones you can't avoid sneak up on you, you've had no experience to be able to deal with that. Uh, And I would say that on a very day-to-day basis, that is certainly true. I recall going back a number of years, having suffered with clinical depression, it would be almost my 
raison d'être, as the French say, to uh, to not engage with difficult situations, to make excuses for myself to get out of problems uh, or, or, or things that I just didn't think I could deal with or cope with. So you'll see this a lot of time with, with friends and people you know who may seem to regularly make excuses to get themselves out of certain social situations you may think this is just a result of them being uh, inconsiderate or being um, unreliable and it, to be honest it, it might be that there's a little bit of that but but a lot of the time also it could be that that person is not wanting to place themselves in a situation at a certain time and and is avoiding the realities of things which of course we all do to to a certain extent but I found in in the years that that, that have come since um, most, my most recent episode of depression, a serious episode at least, is that I made myself much more proactive and tried to just do things, to try and experience more, because I was so used to having those weeks, months and, and even years of having a very flat, dull experience of life, characterised by the problems that were there. So I made the, this step to say, well, I'll do things. I'll actually go out and see people more, see more parts of the town or city I live in, um, to, to, to move around and experience different things. And as a process of doing that, I came to realise that a lot of things that I would be experiencing would not necessarily be those that I would... I would choose to do by opening myself up to lots of different experiences. It would be that in actual fact there'd be some unpleasant ones in there, some ones that were difficult where I would perhaps have to challenge myself to move away from the comfortable parts of my personality. There's a, a very distinguished um, psychologist and coach, Dave Allred, who's People may have read may have read his book, or, uh, the Pressure Point, and within this he talks about the process of getting into the ugly zone. Sorry, his book's called The Pressure Principle. Um, yeah, getting into the ugly zone, whereby to learn skills that are essential for sport or, or life, you do need to go into this ugly zone to be able to start the process of learning them, and often engaging with a new set of skills or attempting to learn them at the beginning will be full of lots of disappointment and potentially embarrassment at getting these things wrong in front of people and then the negative thoughts that start to spiral from there but Ulrid's point in his book really is that the more people move themselves into that ugly zone that's where the most learning is done that's where the most benefit is in I suppose the pretty zone which would be the uh, the the counter i guess and this is something that really rings rings true for me and i think the things which we can look at in terms of um developing resilience are all around that that conscious move from what you're used to to going into something which you are not used to and embracing not just accepting embracing that there will be disappointment in there there will be failure if that's the way we want to term it there'll be setbacks but knowing that doing that makes you stronger and that's a really really powerful thing i think the two key things to remember alongside this are that um when things are getting tough whether you've consciously put yourself in the ugly zone or or whether it's just the set of circumstances you find yourself in the one thing that i 
always, always remember, and if I was someone to ever get a tattoo, I think this would be what I'd have, is that time heals. That's the thing which has struck me across a decade or so, that things can be bad, and yet we can have bad days where the temptation to think that all days are going to be like this. We can also have good days where the temptation might be to think that things are always going to be like this. The reality is that it's going to be a mixture of the two. And for things that are bad, time will make it better. It won't always be like that. And it's what you do perhaps on those good days where you build up the strength that you need for um, for other times by voluntarily taking those steps towards becoming more vulnerable and outside of your comfort zone then when you do have those struggles that are forced upon you you have that bit of resolve that can once again help you get yourself back to the strength that you 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 desire to have so there's lots of things in clinically researched studies uh, where we see strategies that can be used to build resilience and a lot of these are around the ideas that we promote within this campaign and and dozens and hundreds of others do across the world um, as well so i'll talk us through a few of them i think the the one that i'm going to think about as an overall here is um to remember i think for resilience to remember that everything we do in our lives is a practice we're never the finished product um, we're never 100% perfect or 100% awful, or the opposite of that. It's always that we are evolving and the more we experience and the more we try to learn, the more we can become enlightened, but we're never going to be fully enlightened. So kind of give yourself a break by saying you're never going to be perfect. So the striving to get there that end will never be matched but striving to get to be as good as you can is is the process that is really really enlivening and to give yourself that little bit of self-forgiveness to say if you have made a mistake not to beat yourself up but saying that's another way in which you become a better person where you progress a lot more and you get a, a, a big advocate for self-improvement and and people i guess who listening to this have probably listened to the Tyson Fury podcast with Joe Rogan where he explains his his program of having recovered from mental illness to to get back to the the top of his sport and Fury speaks a lot there about the importance of goal setting and in fact he puts his whole recovery down to a, a process of goal setting now I would say for the vast majority of people goal setting alone will not um help you or not make you recover from clinical depression or anxiety but it can form a very very useful part of it and i'm not for a minute saying tyson fury is wrong i just think the method that he explained would be exceptional rather than the norm now in terms of the different techniques i think what we what i've just mentioned there is the, is the key to go into this that for everyone for people to have the the humility to realize that we all make mistakes and making them is natural expected and indeed essential to progress um it is really 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 crucial we are limited as human beings and a little thing that i read in a book the other day um jordan peterson's book 12 rules for life now he's a controversial character um he seems to have become more known for what he says regarding social and political 
things than he he does for his psychology. But the, the book he's written is largely around psychology and I guess self help to an extent. And within that, he mentions what I think is really interesting about the fact that man is limited, and if we w- if we were not to be then where would the the pleasure or the reward would be? It's the limitations we have in our lives that make when we do get what we want or when we have pleasure seem that much more satisfying because we have something to compare it to. If we only ever got what we want, then there would soon be a time where that pleasure would would fade because we just have nothing to compare it to. We're only having our own thing, our own goals achieved, um, without the setbacks. I, I kind of get where he's coming from with that. So, with this, I think it's the old, the old saying that was linked to the Olympic movement around it being that it's in the struggle, not the victory. But all these things can be thought about in terms of your own philosophy towards resilience. You might listen to these and think they're a load of cobblers, but the. The, the science-backed strategies, which I've pinched mainly from the Greater Good uh, website from Berkeley University, so you can have a look at that year, y- yourself. But I've picked out a few of these that I think people listening who, who are maybe thinking, well, OK, I've seen the title of Resilience. That is something that I reckon I could be better at. But what do I do to do it? So all the things I've mentioned now are, are all good and well, but they're not necessarily specific strategies. So I'll mention five here. and. I'd be really interested to hear back from people about if they try them, whether they find them to work or or to to not, I guess, yeah. So the first one is, and they mention here the uh, a, a technique called finding silver linings. And this is something whereby um, you're to call to mind an upsetting experience, um, and I think you could be as, as, as deep or as... as uh, as shallow as you wanted with this something which could be an upsetting experience in that day which would soon pass or perhaps something more profound to, to your whole life and try to list three positive things about it so you could there be thinking of what's actually come out of of that particular event which although on the face value it's been poor it might be something there that actually allows you to to see what you'd have got out of it. I guess this is similar to the gratitude journal that I've mentioned in previous ones. An example might be that you've uh, a relationship's ended and from your perspective you didn't want that to happen at all and all you can look at is the the negatives and the problems that that's brought in. But this exercise would be to really challenge you to see what good has come of that as well. Have you done anything positive in other areas of your life that perhaps you couldn't have done because of that as an example and they have the um the science behind this that they said um the study linked to it found that doing that practice daily so i suppose you would have to be um uh, pretty attuned to picking up things on a on a regular basis things that you could pick for the exercise help participants become more engaged with life afterward by by whichever um categorizing they use for that and it decreased their pessimistic beliefs over time now one that i think everyone can do which again is something perhaps really difficult to start with but the, the second one i'm going to mention is the overcoming of fear practice this is designed to help with everyday things, fears or phobia, if we're not 
using that word too too drastically um that get in the way of your life now this could be something which is something a small area of your life or maybe one which does have a ripple effect across the rest of it so you might think of say um something where you don't like public speaking or or you're fearful of um being assertive or not getting into conflict uh, anything like that so what we can't do with these kind of fears or, or or problems and i suppose if we relate this to sport it might be a fear of fast bowling you could do everything you like to maybe avoid that and think that fast bowling is something that you're no good at and you're just not going to get good at it and you just don't want to don't want to engage with it but there will come a time where there is a quick bowler bowling at you and you have avoided that situation for so long that it's going to be even worse than perhaps it was um, in the initial conception of the problem. So the first step along this overcoming a fear would be to slowly and repeatedly give yourself exposure to that fear. So let's say it was quick. I'm not saying go out and have the bowling machine 95 miles an hour at your head, but maybe have some exposure to it, facing one delivery from those dog throwers that people give you uh, net practice with or off the quickest bowler at your club, one or two deliveries. Maybe even expecting the absolute worst, but giving yourself those two little instances or a small experience of what you fear and then being able to look at that and think, well, what was the worst that could have happened and and how you actually managed to, to cope with that small exposure to your fear. And then the idea with this practice is then to build it up over time so that as you go along, you do build that confidence, you increase the challenge until you are ready to to to, to face up to it in the in the biggest um, situation that you could you could imagine. Now this kind of uh, exposure therapy does help us change the associations uh, we have in our mind. So, for example, if we've flown a hundred times and the plane has never crashed, our brain and body start to learn that it's safe. So it might not be that you have the fear or the anxiety completely completely removed, but certainly through that experience and that repetition, you do start to feel that in actual fact, it is much more... Uh, it's you're much more adept at coping than you might have considered in the first place. So I think that's a, a really important thing in terms of resilience to actually make that step, to be proactive yourself and to say you're going to try and build up some some resilience towards a particular thing because you're not going to get any worse if you think about it was fast bowling or you spin bowling or whatever it would be something you don't like you're not going to get worse by practicing at it that's perhaps the the smallest um push you can have towards it you're not going to get any worse what will likely happen is you not only improve your your technique you give other people the chance to help you. So if you're avoiding the situation, they'll never see you in that situation. They'll never be able to get feedback. But also, internally, you'll be able to see, well, actually, you will build in confidence as well as, as, well as if you keep that idea that mistakes are naturally expected and essential to improving with that. Um, what we probably really struggle with, this third one, is... To, to practice self-compassion, most people would consider themselves to be fairly compassionate to others. They 
give people a break when they're feeling bad. They wouldn't um, push people too far if they didn't want to. They wouldn't be rude to them. They wouldn't be directly criticising them or putting people down. But we often do those things to ourselves internally. So actually making the step to be um, to show ourselves compassion would be really handy within this this process of building resilience and one that's mentioned here is the self-compassion break um, something you can do anytime you start to feel overwhelmed by pain or stress there's three steps to it which go alongside what we would see as the three aspects of self-compassion so the first is to be mindful so to not judge or, or analyze but just notice what you're feeling whatever that is at the time and say to yourself this is a moment of suffering or this hurts or this is stress or this is anger whatever the emotion that's sidetracking you is then to remember that your experience is not unique to you that you're not alone so you could be saying to yourself that suffering is a part of life we all feel this way we all struggle in our lives that's not to diminish what you're going through but it is just to say that if everyone feels like this, then everyone can find a way of recovering from that. And to be kind to yourself from that and to say something like, you know, I need to accept myself as I am or I need to be patient. That little process there is just to get your emotions or your feelings rooted in what it is to be a human being rather than letting that emotion define you to actually say this is something which I'm feeling at the moment but it will pass it is something that happens to other people so I'm not alone and I know that if I'm patient I, this can pass I've certainly tried that myself um, and would really recommend it just taking some time to slow down and recognise what's going on and recognise that it's not going to define you. If you are feeling overawed or stressed, that doesn't need to be the thing which continues and can be challenged. Something which can help you challenge those kind of things um, longer term and building a, a process is the use of meditation. And I've mentioned this plenty of times before, how it helps with your focus and your attention how it helps you to switch off but also the practice of meditation as you really get into it uh, gives you the ability to be able to calm yourself down and to be able to dis detach yourself somewhat from thoughts that enter your mind and view them non-judgmentally one way particularly can be to do um, a body scan within that so when you sat there having five minutes to do a meditation first of all focusing just on your breathing in and out counting to 10 as your breath goes in and your breath goes out then to scan your body just while you're sat there with your eyes closed letting thoughts go in your head and not acting on them just letting them go in and go out and then start to concentrate on different parts of your body and feel where they're tense and feel where you're managing to hold that stress or that strain and just allow that to leave you with your breath as well another way um, is to be mindful in terms of what you're eating again giving you some time to slow down and to actually reflect on a piece of fruit that you're eating for example to think about the texture in your hand 
to then think about the smell of it as you bring it closer to your mouth and nose, then to feel the texture when you're eating it, whether it's um, its flavours then go into your mouth and what they're like, how they feel you know, sharp or sweet or what have you, and then to slowly swallow it so that all you've been doing over that f- few moments is concentrated on that piece of food. Why does that help with resilience? Well, because you've been in that moment just focusing on one thing taking your thoughts away from where there's difficulty and showing yourself that there is more going on so much more out there than you may have been clinging on to with the negatives the mindful breathing again is a big um it is a big part of it and i would advocate to anyone to to Try the process of meditation five or ten minutes a day to give your mind a workout and a rest. Uh, you you won't look back. Now the fifth one is to think about the idea of forgiveness, and if there is an experience that you're hanging on to or a person uh, and their actions that has hurt you, to to go through a process of thinking about whether you can forgive them and and forgiveness is a word that gets caught up a lot with kind of biblical meanings of it and forgive and forget and turn the other cheek and and everything that you can probably remember from your sunday school or your school re classes but in this sense it's really about letting go of what your resentment is whatever has happened there is in the past and that person you may think doesn't deserve your forgiveness but you're not forgiving them for for them you're forgiving them for yourself that you're not carrying that around with you you can actually make the decision within that to say well i'm still never going to speak to them again i'm still not going to trust them but you're not keeping that resentment with you the greatest um revenge in this kind of things is to go on and live a happy life and not let that nastiness or whatever it is that some that has happened which has made you feel bad it should make it can we're not saying that this can't make you feel things can't make you feel bad at all of course there's things that upset everyone but the longer that carries on the more effect it has on your life that's surely your decision to carry on keeping that there now look forgiveness is something which is such a such a process it's such a, a difficult thing to really get to grips with and i'm not here to tell anyone what to do about things really personal to them but again if i think about my own experience and i've never had something horrific happen to me um in my life I, there's nothing that i could compare to some of the awful stories of people here but just on a day-to-day level that practicing forgiveness has been really really powerful in just helping free up that space in my mind for positive things and fred luskin who i did a podcast about his work uh, uh, last year reflects on that a lot as well so in conclusion all the things that i've mentioned i'll include links to if you find this within our um buzzsprout or within itunes so you can go in and find a little bit more about it but i think the idea of resilience really needs to be one that we consider we can practice we can train but it is about being proactive and seeking out things which we might not be comfortable with to give ourselves experience to be able to deal with problems that may occur in our lives and for sport it's a really great development tool and one which you can share with other people in your team your club or whatever else as always any comments feedback good or bad 
just let me know, mark at openupcricket.com. I hope this has been of use to you. Cheers.